bitter coffee today and I did not hold back. What's up guys and welcome back to another coffee talk. I have so many different avenues that I want to take in our conversation today so I hope you don't mind that this might be a little bit all over the place. I'm actually debating and I would love to hear some input if this would make a bit more sense in terms of how this gets placed online as content. I really like the idea of just sitting down weekly and kind of just free talking, you know, like, again, I know that I hit this home a million times and you should walk the walk before you ever talk the talk, like things should be able to explain themselves. But I really do want the vibe here to feel like you are tuning in and sitting down with a friend like you would at a cafe. And if we were to sit down and have a conversation at a cafe, it likely wouldn't just be like a meeting to talk about one thing. We would probably sit down and talk about a couple different things and you know, enjoy our time together going down avenues of all different kinds of conversation before we pack up and leave. However, I feel like the best way to organize this and tell me if I'm thinking too much into this, but I feel like podcast wise, that does great in terms of format to just upload a nice long episode that you can use when you're walking somewhere, driving somewhere, doing something. And if you're just listening, you know, you're just getting to just get drifted away into my you know, conversations of just saying way too much and spinning in circles. But for YouTube, I think for the YouTube videos, it might make a bit more sense to clip out the different parts of the conversation and upload them separately as topics, if that makes sense. Like today, as an example, I want to talk about more than one thing that does not make sense to be together in a YouTube video. I want to talk about the Grammys and Taylor Swift in particular as a Swifty, but I also want to have a little bit of a deeper conversation today too, with just some more things going on in my personal life and use what I'm dealing with and what it's bringing up for me as a conversation starter and, and take that and kind of pick it apart and share a little bit. And I don't think those things really make sense together in a conversation online on YouTube. So I'd love to know your thoughts. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you guys like this better. Let me kick off my slippers, cross my legs. Cheers, you guys. A decaf latte today. This is a decaf hazelnut latte. I just made it with my Nespresso. Cheers. That tastes so silky good. I was in the mood for a bitter coffee today, something that felt cozy, but sharp, you know, and warm, but bitter. Because that that kind of perfectly describes how I'm feeling lately. I'm not going to filter myself. Let's start with the heart of conversation. I, I don't know if that makes any sense in terms of formal conversation, but I'm just going to go with the flow of my thoughts today. Um, I have been dealing with things that have been going on in my life that have been so far out of my control that it's it's left me feeling very emotional, very helpless, and just very... Um, exhausted, really depleted some days. And it's bringing up a lot of things for me. Now, I don't intend to make this conversation today a therapy session. So please note that that is not my intention here right now. It's more so in case this, you know, connects to one person out there. We don't have to have the same things going on in our life, but to feel the same things, you know? There are always going to be things that happen in our lives that are outside of our control from the big things that happen in the world that are so far outside of our control that leave us feeling almost like stunted in our abilities to feel like we can make any kind of impact uh, and that throw our nervous systems out of whack that put us into a state of fight or flight and make us feel unsafe in the world and in our day to day, all of the way down to the small things that we just can't control and the things that happen to the people we love that we can't control, the things that happen in our circle of community or family or friends or our work, all of the different avenues that we interact with in a day-to-day. It can be tough to face that with humility and it can be tough to face it and still feel a sense of need and that urgency to wake up and keep up with the day-to-day. It can put us into places of depression. It can put us into places of despair and hopelessness. And I think too, when you're dealing with situations, I'm dealing with a situation where you don't know the outcome. That's where I think the exhaustion can come from because at least when dealing with something, no matter how heavy it is, if you know what the outcome is, you can at least prepare yourself for an outcome. But when you don't know what the outcome is and you have no control over where things are going to go or head, 
that can lead to so much exhaustion and just running in, in mental circles and running in emotional circles and, you know, just kind of spinning yourself out. So that's been where I've been at and it hasn't been a great time, <laughs> but I will say that it is, it has guided me in the direction of coming back to that simplicity of the things that I can control. And I know that this in some ways is like a band-aid and I'm aware that it's like a band-aid as I'm doing it, but I still think that it can be powerful and it can be something that really does put some sense of energy back into your body and back into your state of mind and back into your day to day. Just this morning, I, I mean, I was facing all of these different things that just kind of went wrong. Not kind of, they did go wrong in the last few days. And instead of, I mean, I felt like I had two options instead of having a pity party, throwing off my day by just feeling completely at a loss as to what transpired that left me feeling like I was starting over from square one and having to catch up to myself to, to where I was before. I tried to look at it as like a clean slate. So that's the first thing that you have control over is your perspective. And it's not always easy because in a lot of ways it makes sense. And I think it, I see it happen in, in a bunch of different philosophies. I see it happen in a bunch of different books I read and and many of the different, even like uh, self-development mentalities and all of these building blocks of like how to live a holistic life, how to take care of yourself, how to basically hack our systems in order to better ourselves. There always tends to be this separation of the body, the mind and the soul. And I do it too. I definitely happen to look at things in my life and the way that I interact with my life through the separation of what's going on with my mind, what's going on with my spirit or my soul and what's going on with my body. However, all of these things aren't actually separate, specifically the mind and the body. So when we think about mental health, we're just as equally talking about overall health and all of these things interact with each other. So when you're trying to take a sense of control over your perspective, what you're really doing is you're trying to take or get a sense of control over the mind and rewire or guide your thoughts into patterns or into reorganizing reality in a way that doesn't feel as hopeless and that doesn't feel as, yeah, it doesn't feel as despairing, right? However, the emotions can get in the way of that. The body can get in the way of that. And sometimes the spirit or the soul can get in the way of that. So if you feel you cannot, for whatever reason, reframe your current state of events in a way in your mind that can feel more empowering, then move on to the second thing that you do have control over. And that is very much in a lot of ways, your body or the material. What can you do with your hands that you have a sense of control over? Because these are things that are a lot more tangible and a lot more immediate. Sometimes it takes a lot of training and retraining and retraining and redirecting and redirecting of the brain to shift your perspective. But when it comes to taking control over the material, we are three-dimensional beings living in a three-dimensional world. You can immediately look at a busy corner in your house or, you know, a cabinet or a drawer 
And even though it might not have any direct link to what's actually going on in your life, reorganizing that drawer, cleaning or decluttering a corner of your house, you know, making yourself a yummy, healthy meal, exercising, going for a walk, stretching, doing something with your body, doing something in the material realm that you have full control over can be such an empowering feeling. And it's, it is entirely worth it to start small and compound those things. Like once you clean that drawer, do you feel motivated enough to move on to another one? I find this is one of my healthiest coping mechanisms and tools in my toolkit. Whenever I'm dealing with anything, I get so much cleaning and decluttering and reorganizing done when I'm dealing with a lot of shit in my life, because it's like the one thing I know I can control one, two, it's a predictable outcome. So especially when dealing with unpredictable outcomes, if I know that when I pull open a drawer, especially one that's I've been like procrastinating or I kept keep putting off or I just don't have the time for. It's like suddenly you just find the time in this burst of energy and you know that you can go from point A, which is a cluttered mess to point B, which is, you know, a bigger mess because you tend to have to make a bigger mess in order to clean things out and clean things up. And then to point C, which is a completed, clean, organized drawer that that's like an addictive feeling to me. And if I'm going to lean into things that feel addictingly good, I want to feel addictingly good to things that I know don't actually harm me anywhere further down the line. You know, there's a lot of ways that we as human beings can lean into things that we know will make us feel better, but not everything will actually make us feel better in the long term. There's a lot of quick fixes and short fixes that are actually more harmful to our mental spirit and bodily state. That cleaning a drawer, deep cleaning your house, getting super fixated on just like decluttering your home is definitely much healthier than choosing alternatives. So the problem with taking control over the material is coming back to that web. What if your spirit and your mind cannot get on board with the body, with the material? What if you are just exhausted and your situation is currently leaving you in a state of exhaustion and in a state of feeling like you're so depleted that you don't, you just don't even have it in you to clean the drawer. You don't even have it in you to reframe the mind. Then that leaves you over what you have control over with the spirit. This is where I think things can, can fracture. That's not a word. <laughs> this is where I think things can splinter off in many different directions and personally, I think it's very beautiful that so many of us, so like we are such a, a populated species on the planet and there are so many different ways to look at the spirit and the soul and what to believe in and higher power, or what's going on or what drives us or why we're here. And, you know, is there something bigger we're all connected to, et cetera, et cetera. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. 
fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this. When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. When it comes down to how you connect to your spirit or your soul, how you allow your emotions and your energy to move through you, how you allow yourself to express the things that you are feeling, sometimes there really is nothing else you can do but give yourself the control of space. Give yourself the control and the permission to feel exactly how you feel and this again can happen in so many different ways and it really it really will depend on the type of person you are if you are someone that needs to lean on a friend needs to lean on a loved one needs to just say i there's a whole lot going on in my life right now that i can't control but friend lover whoever you are can you just hug me can you just hold me can you just lay with me while we watch a movie and It's going to take my soul some time. It's going to take my spirit some time. But there are definitely things that when you, if I ask you, what makes your spirit light up? What makes your spirit feel good? Take hold of those things that you can control, even in times where your spirit is feeling faltered. It's feeling weighed down. It's feeling despair or heaviness. I know it definitely lights me up to you know, spend quality time with the people that I love. It definitely lights me up to create something or to feel like I've made a positive impact in someone's day. Uh, It definitely lights me up to spend some time outside or in nature. And sometimes, honestly, it can really just come down to if you're feeling depleted and exhausted to even let your spirit rest. I think that, and I, I felt that in times of complication, especially complicated things that you don't have control over, in those times, it's so much to process for the mind, for the body, and for the spirit that 
in a lot of ways, that exhaustion, that depletion is very intelligent on behalf of the mind, body, and spirit. It is a beckoning to rest. It is a beckoning to allow yourself to slow down enough to move through what it is you're experiencing or going through and allow yourself to know that, you know, even in the times where you feel like you're not moving or you stop or you're feeling stunted, there is growth there. That growth might not be immediately visible. It might not feel like you're doing it in the time that it's happening. But when you get on the other side of what it is you're experiencing, you will see that there was lots and lots of growth there in the times that we are most still, in the times that we allow ourselves to rest. We allow our bodies to process. We allow our minds to reorganize the information that we've just, you know, learned, experienced, gone through. There is so much growth there, but it does happen in that stillness. And stillness can feel really uncomfortable when we're going through uncomfortable things. But it's not, it's not something you have to do in, in a way that pushes you into discomfort. It's more so something that you can honor for yourself, that you can control within yourself to let yourself rest, to let yourself actually sit with and move through the things going on in your life, the things that you don't have control over. And just even surrender to that feeling, surrender to the things you don't have control over fully within yourself. Uh, I, I've had to do this recently in the sense of having a very real conversation with myself just me inside my mind of, okay, I really need to make it bold, highlighted, very obvious inside my mind, what is bugging me and what I don't have control over. And those things were practically the exact same thing, you know, but it was helpful because instead of just simmering in what was upsetting me and simmering in the, the situation that I didn't have control over, without actually acknowledging the parts of it that I don't have control over. When I was actually able to sit back and almost, it, it is freeing to surrender and just be real with yourself. Like this might not be a happy ending. This might not be a good outcome in the end of this, but that is not going to be due to my doing. It's not going to be due to anything that I could have done differently. What do I have control over in this situation and what don't I? And the list of what you don't have control over will likely and sometimes be longer than the list of the things that you do have control over in regards to the situation at hand. But being really honest with yourself about how much of a situation you don't have control over will in a way allow you to surrender to those things. You just have to let go of the need to control, let go of the need to know the outcome, to, to feel like you need somebody to assure you it's going to be okay. Nobody can do that in certain situations. Sometimes that just can't happen. And sometimes we have to make peace with knowing that it might not be okay in the way that we want it to be, but ultimately on a higher level, it will be okay in one way or another. We are very rarely the first person to experience whatever it is that we're going through. Other people have likely experienced something similar in their own way. We are not alone in, in our, you know, challenges on the planet. We're not alone in our challenges as human beings and our experiences as human beings. And if you can remind yourself that even the things that feel the most upsetting, even the things that are the most heartbreaking, we aren't the first to experience it, which also means we won't be the only ones 
to survive it. There are people that have survived what you you're going through right now. And so again, that doesn't necessarily always bring a good feeling, especially if the outcome ends up not being what you want. But it does mean that it becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your story. It becomes a part of what has built you and what will continue to build you into the person you are and are becoming. And so if you can surrender to that, if you can surrender to the parts that you have absolutely no control in and be very frank with yourself. And not only that, you can also outline who does have control over those things, especially if your circumstances involve other people. This will challenge you if you are a people pleaser in any sense of the word, if you are overly empathetic to the point where it's actually unhealthy, uh, where you make excuses for people or you try and take on other people's responsibilities, like separate those tasks, be real with yourself. Who does have control over the things that you don't? Whose responsibility is it to take the torch and bring it forward to a place that you can't? And you're allowed to, to feel a sense of hope. And also on the other side of that coin, to feel a sense of disappointment if people let you down in that way. If someone doesn't take the torch to where it needs to be in order to make everybody okay, or even just you okay, someone lets you down in that way, that's that's going to be disappointing. You can hold space for that too. You can hold space for that outcome. You know, this relates to, to even a lot of the things that go on in our world at, on a grander scheme. Like when we talk about what's happening with the environment and our planet, and we're trying to go as far as we can with the things we do have control over. And then there are people that have a lot of power or a lot of money which can equate to power in the world as we know it, or a lot of influence, um, and they aren't doing what could be done in order to take that torch to where we need it to be, we're allowed to be disappointed in those people as well. Um, and it's, it's not always just people. It can be corporations. It can be leadership. It can be, it can be so many different things. But um, whether it's on a grand scale or it's on a small scale, who does have control over those things that you don't? And if it's nobody, then it's truly worth surrendering to on a very, very large level of like, okay, then I have to let this go to fate or I have to let this go to God or the universe or whatever it is that you believe in. But then look at the list of what you do have control over and truly make this list. If you are dealing with anything in your life that is putting you in a state of either indecision or despair or hopelessness or heartbreak depression or anxiety. It's throwing your nervous system off. It's it's throwing your day-to-day off. It's doing anything in any kind of way that's making you feel disempowered. Make this list. What don't you have control over? Find your ways to surrender. Also ask yourself who does and allow yourself to hold those people accountable. Then make your list of what you do have control over. Start with the things directly involved to the situation that's directly impacting you. What do you have control over in that situation? Make that list first, because as long as you know you're doing those things, then no matter the outcome, you have nothing to eventually turn on yourself for. Not that you should ever turn on yourself, but it's part of the human condition that we do this. Like when we're involved in situations, especially involved in situations with people we love and things don't go the way that we want, we tend to try to find a reason why. And a lot of the times, if you deal with insecurity, if someone didn't make you know that you were enough growing up, which is so common, 
more common than it should be. We will go to directly blaming ourselves or asking ourselves, could we have done more? Should we have done more? We absolutely should have done more. Like that kind of train of thought, no space for it. And so when you make your list of what you have control over and you know you've been doing those things, then no matter what the outcome, good or bad, but if it ends up going bad, you know that there is no fault on you. You know, you've done all you can do. You can still move through the emotions that will come with that outcome, good or bad, but you know that you don't have to hold yourself to it. Does that make sense? And then continue the list of other things in your life you do have control over that you know are healthy tools, that you know are healthy ways that you can direct your focus and your energy in a way that are going to empower you, in a way that are going to leave you feeling like you're not at a loss for the world or you're not at a loss for the circumstances of your life. You know, again, it sounds so silly and it sounds so frivolous because it's, it's not connected to what's going on in my life whatsoever. But for a long time, I've been feeling, especially as we've done renovations in our house, I've been feeling like I've been living in this stuck place in my home where everything just feels like it's an ongoing project and like it's a mess and like I can't get it done until we're ready to like complete it perfectly, you know? And my recent situation that's been going on in my life has has really shifted that perspective for me and shifted me out of that stuck state where instead of feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not able to do that yet. I'm pushing off doing that until we're ready to do it fully and do it right. I'm trying to actually live in a space of, well, let's see how much of this I can, you know, impact right now, how much of this I can control right now, how much of this I can declutter right now and prepare right now. I want to take it as far as I can possibly take it given my abilities and my skill set. And then leave it there, you know, like it's as simple as it is going through little corners of my house and decluttering them one at a time feels so damn good that even when I'm faced with a, a, t- a text message comes through and it's another update and it's just like, it, it's exhausting or it's hurtful or whatever. It's just like, it, it's depleting. It's, it's whatever it is. I can immediately be like, but but I did get that drawer cleaned or like, I'll go to do my night routine. I'll be like, Oh, the bathroom looks so nice now. Like little things, just those little things on the list of things I can't control and keep that list, whether you write it in your journal or on your phone, like keep it somewhere easy to grab and resource, whatever you do go into those feelings of, I have no control. And you know, there's so much going on. That's making me feel really powerless. Keep that list on hand, do something on that list. I mean, I mean, it can be as simple as like making yourself breakfast or even doing your makeup. I spent extra time on my makeup today solely for this reason, because it was something I could control. The last few days I've been sick. I got food poisoning. I was not feeling good. Um, So not only was I not feeling good, I was not looking good. I was looking rough, let me tell you. And today I showered. I fully styled my hair. I pulled my mirror nice and close today and got so just like detailed and not even in any kind of way. I did the exact makeup routine I normally do. I just spent more time really enjoying it, really getting into the process, really focusing on the details instead of just like slapping it on my face and going, you know, and it made me feel good. And it was something small. So that's the first part of my conversation today. I'm going to take a little coffee break and let's jump into the Grammys. Not a good, not a good segue at all, but let, let's, let's just do it. 
Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I think we need to talk about the Grammys. I think we need to talk about a lot of things. I think we need to talk about the tortured poets department. I got that right, right? I think I did. I keep on saying it wrong. <laughs> we need to talk about TPD. Um, we need to talk about Taylor. Uh, and I'm, I'm a little hesitant. I'm a little afraid. I'm not going to lie. Mostly because, okay, you know what? No, you just got to be yourself. Okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to give myself a little pep talk before I jump in today. This is like, I'm about to, to jump off a cliff into like a, a, giant body of water. I still have to like pep my pep talk myself into it a little bit, you know, the adrenaline rush. So uh, let me say first and foremost, I have been a Swifty since teardrops on my guitar. I will always be a Swifty. Okay. I will always listen. Uh, album's going to drop. I'm going to do a reactions video. I'm going to listen to it. Probably going to listen to it a million times over. Love that we're getting an April album, by the way. Normally we get October albums. So excited for a little bit of spring, even though it's giving. I Actually, you know what? Poet? Ow. I, I, I don't even know what it's giving. I truly don't know what to what to expect that it's going to give because I was wrong when Midnight's dropped. I, it, was, it was not giving the vibe I was originally hoping for, but I also loved Midnight's. I'm a Midnight's lover. I know some people don't think it was like one of the best albums. I loved it. I love me some synth pop. Shoot me. Kill me. Um, but yeah, I don't know what to expect because I thought it was going to be like the sultry sister to folklore. Folklore. To <laughs> folklore. But... It seems from the title release that it's actually not. I mean, we have Post Malone, which by golly gee, she's starting with a feature with Post Malone and that I was like, not what I was expecting at all, but I love Posty. So I am excited, but I'm just like, have no idea the musical vibe we're getting from this album at all. We also have a song with Florence the Machine. Actually, I should pull up the song titles. I'm going based off memory right now, but... Fortnite featuring Post Malone, the tortured poets department. My boy only breaks his favorite toys, which sounds like a song, a song I could have written about my toddler. <laughs> Just the title down bad. Like these don't, for whatever reason, I thought we were getting like poetry. These don't sound necessarily poetry, but I am fully willing to let Taylor surprise me. She normally does. Um, so long London. There is no guessing there with that song we are done with london boy but daddy i love him which made me think of uh the notebook there's a line in the notebook where she's like but daddy i love him but then someone pointed out that it's actually from the little mermaid so i'm really curious what we're gonna get with that one fresh out the slammer if this is gonna give and again i know fellow swifties we are all our own our own version of a Swifty, okay? Some Swifties are lover lovers. I'm not a lover lover. 
I'm a midnight lover. Some aren't midnight lovers. You know, we all love our versions of Taylor and that's great. So please don't hate me when I say that no body, no crime is not on my top list at all. It's actually probably pretty low on my list of songs and fresh out the slammer is giving no body, no crime, you know, um, Florida exclamation, exclamation, exclamation with Florence, the machine guilty as sin. Who's afraid of little old me? I can't, I can fix him. No, really, I can't. LOML, which I don't know why, but that always makes me think of like the rock on sign. Um, it just looks like a bunch of knuckles with two fingers up that are like, and I did have to Google this. Um, I felt very millennial, but it means love of my life. Um, but it's also weird because all the other songs ha- are capitalized and then LOML is not LOML. LOML is not capitalized. Uh, I can do it with a broken heart. The smallest man who ever lived, the alchemy, Clara Bow, and bonus track, track, bonus track, the manuscript. No idea what we're getting into with that, but I am ready. And you best believe I will be here. I'm going to be posting probably to the Coffee Talk channel a reactions video. So buckle up. See you there. April 19th, 20th, maybe. I don't know, depending on how fast I can edit it. So now's the part that I need to get into where I'm not... I'm not going to impress a lot of people, but I just just want to talk about it if I can, if I may. I'm I'm not sure how to feel as a Swifty lately. I'm not going to lie. There are parts of me that I don't like. I want to respect, and I will always respect anyone's privacy. I don't like to speculate. I try not to speculate. Um, But it's hard. It's hard not to wonder what's going on a little bit with everything. I feel like especially since the Grammys, like, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like watching Taylor, which I did. I watched it live. Um, Watching her, she she didn't seem like the mastermind Taylor that I've always known and come to love and appreciate. I think that there's always been a little bit, and I... I don't love the word corny either. So I'm not going to call Taylor corny. I think that she has like a quirkiness to her. And I love that about her. That quirkiness did not come off as quirky at the Grammys. If anything, it's like, I don't know what the energy was, but I can say it threw me off a little bit and I'm not sure how to feel. And I'm very complexed about it. I'm, I'm feeling very conflicted. I'm like I said, I'm excited for the new album and I am so ready to welcome it with open arms. There is a part of me that feels a little off if the album ends up being a Jover album. I'm stealing words from Reddit. Um, Jover being like her relationship being over with Joe. Now, I wasn't I, I wasn't expecting that we wouldn't get some sense of songs or music about that relationship ending. You can't be with somebody for that long, write so many albums about them. Uh, and then, you know, it end and just like, you don't ever say anything about it, especially when you're Taylor Swift. Like she is fully in her right to use her life experiences to create her art. There is absolutely nothing wrong with it. I think the thing that's kind of rubbing me a little bit the wrong way is that from my perspective and from my intake of Joe and Taylor being a relationship and then not. And also just my take on things like social media and having a following is that it's a little, it's a little in bad taste, I think, to send or create or 
let me let me rephrase this. I don't think Taylor is sending her fans after Joe. Okay, let me just say that because she has. It's not like she's sitting there being like, "I hate Joe." Everybody go hate Joe with me. She's not saying that, but I feel like there's a lot of messaging between lines. Whether it's from her one and only, by the way, like the only interview that she has done since her and Joe have actually broken up. From what I can recall, I could be wrong. Please let me know if I'm wrong. But from what I can recall, I think the only interview that she has done since breaking up with Joe is the person of the year, right? And in that, she kind of alluded to feeling like she was locked up with her ex and now she feels like she can be so free. And I am not going to take anyone's experiences away from them. You know, if, if that's what someone experiences, that's their experience. But one person's experience doesn't make it ultimate truth. And it conflicts a lot with previous, you know, previous things we have been heard or told through music or other interviews that, you know, when she was with Joe, that her privacy, she was enjoying that, that they, they had it just for them and that she didn't feel like she had to like portray herself to the world. And in a lot of ways, I think there is a part of me and this is very parasocial of me, but I was really, really loving Taylor in the folklore evermore era. That was probably like my favorite Taylor era in a very long time. Not to say that I don't want the girl to be, be to be bejeweled, go be bejeweled. It's just like, I loved the maturity of the albums. I loved the songwriting of those albums. And I loved Midnight's too, in a very different way. But I could listen to like folklore evermore or folk indie Taylor for the rest of my life. I'm a folk, I love folk indie music. So it felt so right to get that gift of folk indie music from Taylor. Um, it's just, I think, throwing me off a little bit that it was all for so long about the love that she had with Joe. And I, I mean, in hindsight, some of the songs were definitely showing or alluding to some some issues but every relationship has issues but to turn around and now be like oh i was like locked up with this guy he didn't really you know love me or want to display his love for me it's just conflicting with previous messaging so i'm a little like i'm I'm, again i'm open to going into the album maybe it's not about joe at all i mean there is a song called so long london still open to to hearing about it i think I think what will turn me off is if this album really is like a like a hit album on Joe. Like, I mean, creating a narrative where he is the villain. I think that would throw me off. I don't think. I'm pretty sure that would put a bad taste in my mouth a little bit. Because here's the flip side of this, right? Joe hasn't said a word. I have no idea what happened between Joe and Taylor. I don't even care what happened between them. Honestly, give me the art. Give me the music. However... I think we're at a point where we understand now the influence that certain celebrities or certain people of power have, especially people, influential people have. And I think that it's, it's, it's just not inspiring to me in any way, shape or form to watch someone potentially create a narrative about an ex that seems to conflict anything that he's been doing on his end. Um, in my eyes, and again, this is where I start to border a line because I'm posting this online where I'm like, I don't want to speculate. I really don't want to speculate. It makes me uncomfortable. I love Taylor. Um, but Taylor is a human being and I, I, ju- I just feel like maybe, possibly, that things since the Joe breakup have been a little bit You know, when you go through a breakup and you're not dealing really well and you're trying to deal really well and maybe you think 
you're dealing really well, but then you get over it finally, like a year or two later. And in hindsight, you're like, wow, I did not deal with that. Well, that's human. That's like very normal to experience. And from my perspective, I, I feel like that might be what we're seeing here. That, that, that's what I feel like I'm seeing here is that maybe Matt Healy, maybe even just a lot of choices that have happened since, you know, last year, they're all very hard for me to, they're just like, I'm finding it hard to process the Swifty. I'm finding, and, and this also, again, she owes me nothing. I owe her nothing. I love her music. I'll always love her music. I'm finding it hard to defend her. Like when Taylor Swift comes up in conversation and people are like, you know what? I don't really like that she's doing this or that. I'm like, eh. I get that. I totally understand, but I love her music. So I don't mean to beat around the bush here. I guess what I'm getting at here is that like lately I've been seeing a little, little flares in her personality, specifically at the Grammys. Like that's where it really, really solidified for me where I was officially like, oh gosh, I don't know how to feel anymore. Like I had these hints of that feeling and I was trying to like repress them and I was trying to kind of push them away. And I was like, let the girl shine, you know, like let the girl take up space. Like I love that. And I've, I've been so inspired by that lately. If anyone watched the Grammys, I like, Miley Cyrus blew me away in the sense of like, we are nothing alike, but the way that she is not afraid to take up so much space in the room, to be so authentically herself, to say what she wants to say and not give a damn about how people interpret it. Like that is so inspiring to me. However, there was a level of humility and humbleness when Miley Cyrus accepted her first Grammy. That was also so inspiring and made the way that she acted not feel boastful and not feel narcissistic in any kind of way and not feel like she was taking up air from other people in the room. You know, it just seemed like she was there and she was shining as herself. She was being, she can be a little weird. She can be a little quirky too. She can be a little offside even, but it's not in a way that she's like being performative and it's not in a way that she's doing it to put on a show or to put on a persona or try something on or like sell a story. You know, it's very much, I feel like when you, what you get from Miley Cyrus is who she is. Like I, I was like, give me more Miley. Like I want to take up as much space as Miley Cyrus takes up space. I want to have that sense of confidence. I want to have that sense of like, this is who I am take it or leave it. Um, that's not what I'm getting from Taylor. And it's like, it's, this is the part that's hard to swallow. Like when she got up, I, I genuinely think there could have been so many other better times to announce a brand new album than at the Grammys. Um, that's where I feel like, and again, it's not that I'm saying I want Taylor to play small. I don't want her to play small. It's more so like she is definitely at the peak. She is at the top of the top in terms of the industry of music and pop culture right now. And she could announce her album in any other way. I'll give you another example. Another person I love and who also announced an album, Casey Musgraves, right? But it wasn't done in a way, at least unless I missed it. She just like subtly, quietly announced her album on Instagram. Tracy Chapman, Luke Combs, Fast Car. That's when I started watching the Grammys. So maybe I missed it if Casey did announce it at the Grammys. That is totally fair. But even even then, that would almost kind of make it worse because then Taylor kind of like trumped it. Um, I just think that she has so much power and so much influence right now that she could have easily posted on Instagram after the Grammys and it would have blown up just as much. Uh, she could have easily waited to her next tour date to announce it and it would have blown up just as much she could have done it the day before the grammys and then been like by the way like may maybe not even you know i i just i think it was just in my opinion it was in bad taste to announce it then 
and in front of all of these people that are, you know, in her field. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and feel bad for millionaires that are making great money off of their music, but I am going to feel bad for anyone that's in, in her field. And it's just like trying to get their foot in the door or just trying to make a name for themselves or really just getting their first Grammy. And here we have Taylor who has so many and like is literally all eyes are on Taylor right now in the world. And it's just like, can we, can we read the room just a little? Like, can we have space for others? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Let me know your thoughts and moving on. Um, cause there were other things that threw me off a little bit. The next one was put yourself in Lana's shoes. You just lost album of the year to your friend that's sitting beside you. And of course you're going to be happy for your friend. You're going to be supportive of your friend, but could you imagine if your friend then who again is in her prime, the most popular person right now, but not only that, can we please be honest? Can we please, please, please just be so, so honest here for a moment. Taylor is definitely getting some inspiration from Lana. She has said that herself. She has featured Lana, but even prior to that folklore, I remember the first time I heard Cardigan, I was like, ooh, this is kind of Lana like coded, you know? So can you imagine if your good friend in the industry, just one album of the year over you, And not only that, is like taking little hints of inspiration from your brand. And then they drag you up on stage, but they don't even acknowledge you on stage. Like you just stand towards the back. They don't even say, and I dragged, I brought Lana up here too, because without Lana, I couldn't have made Midnight's or without Lana, my inspiration for music wouldn't be the same, like anything, anything at all. Instead, like to, to lose and then to be dragged up and everybody staring at you on stage it was just so it was odd it was weird i just felt so bad for lana furthermore f you grammys for never giving lana a grammy what is that also it's a separate conversation and like i'm only just becoming a lana del rey fan my best friend larissa has been trying to get me on board for a very long time and i'm just like i'm getting there i'm getting there it's just like sometimes she's not always my cup of tea but her music is so her and even the titles some of the titles on like the tortured poets department i'm like I had to ask Larissa, I was like, is it just me or are these like a little Lana infused? Like there's some vibes going on here that are, I love that Taylor's willing to try on different hats, but like, you know, like you can't, you can't just plankton steal the crusty crab formula. You can't just like do that. I don't know. It's just kind of, again, I'm open. I'm open. I'm just hoping I'm wrong about these things. Um, furthermore, lots of different things have come out since the Grammys, lots of different clips and different you know, things that I've seen. And a couple things, again, have thrown me off so much. So the first being, and of course, I didn't touch on the Celine Dion thing. I don't even know what to think of that. I can just, I'll chop it up to feeling so overwhelmed in the moment and needing to not waste time. So just jumping onto the speech, but it's just, it was so weird. It was like, that is Celine Dion. Celine Dion is handing you an award. It's just honored you with an award. Even to not just take it and just be like, thank you so much. And then to not go to the mic and be like, I can't believe some Lindion just handed me this award. Like, I don't know, guys, I'm trying so hard to defend, but I, I have no, I have no defense. And apparently, apparently take it with a grain of salt. The picture of Celine Dion and Taylor was orchestrated really quick backstage afterwards because Taylor's team knew that it was a misstep 
that she accidentally, and I'm going to, I will give her this. I do not doubt that it was an accident that she didn't mean to like, you know, there was so much going on, lots of chaos, lots of commotion. I, I genuinely don't think Taylor was like snubbing Celine. I think it was an honest mistake and her team immediately knew we got to do some damage control here, but it's also just like, girl, you're, you're, a, you're a self-proclaimed mastermind. You are the queen in your field. Like, Ah, read the room. Like It's so hard. It's so hard being a Swifty right now. So a video also came out of Taylor going to take pictures with Boy Genius. Um, I don't know the band Boy Genius very well, but again, I did see the clip and it, I, it was uh, it was hard to watch, uh, mostly because it seemed very obvious that one of the bandmates was very upset. Uh, and from what I read, it was because they, they had just had an interview where they were calling out one of the people within the, the the people that run the Grammys for very serious things, for very heavy things. Uh, and it looks as if, and again, I'm again willing to take all of this as maybe we're just taking things out of context. Maybe we're only getting little clips and we're trying to fill in the gaps. But it looks as if Taylor walks up, realizes that something heavy just happened or realizes that someone's upset and is like, oh, ha ha ha, like I thought you guys were going to do an interview about puppies. And it's just, it's the lack of reading the room. I'm like, what am I watching? This is supposed to be one of my idols right now. And then... The last thing I'll say that's Grammy related before I, I touch on the last thing that's bugging me as a Swifty is that then Taylor goes ahead and, and is like, can I put my Grammy on your head? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of these clips start coming out of like Taylor touching people's heads and putting things on people's heads and like nookying people's heads and like shaking their hair. And it, it's just, it's, it's, it's giving odd. It's giving odd behavior. I'm not going to speculate on why that behavior is so odd, but it is giving odd. It is giving inability to read the room. It is giving something's off here. And uh, it's hard for me because I think, you know, again, nobody owes anyone anything. When I look up to somebody, I love Taylor for her music. She does not need to be anything else to me other than a musician. But it is hard for me to get behind somebody when I feel like, as much as I love her music, she's not inspiring me to be a better person lately. You know, actually, I don't I, at all. Maybe I, I mean, she inspires a sense of work ethic for sure. She inspires a sense of creativity. Absolutely. Uh, but it's hard to to call her an idol when I feel like there isn't a whole lot of inspiration happening in terms of make, like being a better person on the planet, you know? Which leads me to my last point and the last thing that's bother bothering me as a Swifty is that as of recording this, it has recently come out that Taylor Swift is now taking legal action on a student who's 21 years old who tracks her jets. And at first I was like, well, that makes sense. You know, it's, it's putting her in harm's way. It's allowing people that might be stalking her to know where she is. Uh, but upon reading further into it, it turns out that this is public information, public information that anybody can source and find. It is just that this student in particular doesn't just focus on Taylor Swift. He goes and it, he's very much like a self-proclaimed journalist for billionaires and the elite and basically anybody of high power, high influence, high money and their jet usage 
mostly contributing it to, at least from what I'm understanding, again, always willing to be corrected, but contributing it to that jet usage, to how much detriment that does to our planet. And it has been a recent issue where people have been bringing this up a lot when it comes to Taylor Swift, that like the amount that she uses her jet, she uses her jet like a car, like she will send her jet to her. So it'll take a flight with nobody in it to pick her up and take her somewhere. Um, and that, I mean, full circle, if you have listened to the full conversation today, because there's two parts of this conversation, one having nothing to do with the Grammys, but where I talk about the things that we don't have control over and dealing with those things and, and how in an example of like the environment, there are the small things that we can do in our day-to-day lives and in our lifestyle choices that make a positive impact on the planet. But the people that have a greater impact doing nothing is really upsetting. It's something we don't have control over and we're allowed to feel disappointed. Well, I'm disappointed. Like I'm very disappointed because I, I can't help but struggle to feel, I want to believe that the reason why she wants to take legal action on this person, on this student Let's keep in mind this is a student, a 21-year-old student, trying to do something in an impactful way and call out the people that do make a huge impact for what they're doing, for their frivolous use of a jet, right? With public information, okay? Um, Are there ways around it? And I will play devil's advocate. Could he, you know, postpone his information just a little bit? Yeah, he could, but let's, let's get back to my original point. I want to believe that it's because she's trying to protect her safety. And I don't doubt that that might be a part of it. But I think that it makes a lot more sense, given a lot of the recent controversy constantly being brought up about how much Taylor Swift uses her jet and the detriment that she is doing to the planet, not just with her jet, but it goes further than her jet. Because if we look at her merchandise, I'm so, I haven't purchased Taylor Swift merchandise in a long time because it's it's not good. It's not great merchandise by any means. Um, and for someone again of her caliber, she could be making much better products. If she wanted to sell products to her fans, I would love to buy great products from Taylor, but I'm not going to buy, you know, crappy products from Taylor. So this is all just to say that like her, her contribution to the environment and the detriment to the environment in particular, and mostly with her jet usage is being called to the forefront of conversation quite often lately. And so it feels a little bit too uh, coincidental that she's suddenly deciding to take legal action on someone that is fully reporting on how much she is using her jet and for what and where. So again, I know that this is all nuanced, that this isn't black and white. Nothing to me in the world is black and white. I think that there are so much, so many different ways to look at something, so many different perspectives. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, all the things that I just listed off that are bothering me as a Swifty are ultimately wrong on Taylor's behalf. But I do think that there is room for improvement, room for reflection, perhaps on her end, not to be demeaning to Taylor in any sense. But like, as a fan, I, I think I'm just... I'm struggling because I'm feeling disappointed. Um, I'm still going to eat up the tortured poets department, but I'm not going to pre-order it. And like, sorry, last thing also to like in the speech announcing the album, be like, I'm going to go post it right now online. Like that, what that said was like, okay, so stop watching the Grammys and go focus your attention now on Instagram. It, it, It just, again, like it was taking attention away from all the other stars in that room and all of the other artists in that room. Oh, and it bugs me. It bugs me because she could have just posted after the Grammys and people would have watched even more had she had said, keep a watchful eye tonight. I have a surprise later. 
because then people would have paid attention to the Grammys. They would have, you know, been locked in. That would have been using her power, her influence in a positive way for the other people in that room. And then after the Grammys was done, make the post. And I don't, again, I don't want her to play small. I'm not expecting her to be perfect. Nobody is. It's been a little tough to be a Swifty lately. I'm not gonna lie. So that's where I'm at. And I hope that it's okay that I'm there. I mean, obviously it's okay that I'm there. I just feel like it's hard to even like say anything sometimes that might not be directly praising Taylor as a Swifty lately. Uh, as a long-term Swifty, again, like I, I don't, I don't love that I'm feeling this way because I want to support her and I want to be inspired by her and I want to see her do good things in the world and create good art. Um, but it's hard for me to separate like her influence and her power and her ability to to make just the tiniest subtle differences and choices that would make no difference to her, but a lot of difference to others. And uh, it's, it's, it's nuanced to feel that way. Cause again, I'm checking my parasocial relationship to her here too, where I'm like, she doesn't know anybody that, however, I don't owe her then, you know, my support. I don't owe her any of my money. I can just stream on Spotify and just chill, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just been tough. And I think that also too, with like the recent increase in Swifties, like her, her popularity growing as much as it has in the last like just year or two has created like a new era of Swifties, which is great. A Swiftie is a Swiftie. Like we will be friends. Um, however, I think that like there is a subtle difference between like long-term Swifties because especially maybe even older Swifties, because we're able to kind of hold the nuance of human beings and people not being perfect and like, you know, kind of question some choices and some actions while still being a fan. Um, versus like having to die on the hill that like Taylor Swift is amazing and she can do no wrong. Everybody can do wrong on the planet. And we're all entitled to feel the way we feel. Doesn't make us right, doesn't make us wrong. But that's just the way that I feel. So there you go. I'm going to leave you there. Uh, I'm going to drink the rest of my cold coffee and <laughs> close down this conversation because I've been talking for a long time. Let me know if you enjoyed today's conversation and uh, let me let me know just how you're doing just as a general checkup. I kind of gave you a little bit of an insight as to how I've been doing lately uh, and it hasn't been as great, uh, but I do have more fun, fun things to talk about later this month, more fun updates to share with you guys later this month that are giving me a little bit of like hope on the horizon. <laughs> and until then, I'm going to keep decluttering my house. So cheers and I will chat with you all very soon. Bye, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, 
indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings. But I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.